0: What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen, and we talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hello, and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine,
1: and I'm Stephen.
0: And what are we talking about today?
1: Um, yeah, so so today, I suppose we're looking at prophetic failure. Right and how that affects religions who have a kind of prophetic view of the world and they're making predictions about what's going to happen in the future, either through their own actions or through heavenly actions. Mm.
0: Yeah, you've got to, got to wonder why they keep doing it, don't you? Yeah, but nevertheless, they continue to churn out prophecy. <laughs> um, yes,
1: so. that's right. I mean, um, I suppose what, what got me thinking about this is a another podcast called Mindshift podcast which if you're interested in this sort of subject it's really really good and um the guy there I forget his name um uh, maybe i should have looked that up before i started um but he is particularly interested in this thing called dominion theology which is a, a movement in america where it's a, 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 a sort of christian movement where instead of thinking that god's going to put everything right they sort of they want to dominate the political the social the financial systems if you like and hail in a world essentially dominated ruled by christian theology so i suppose in that sense it, it almost starts to sound like a theocratic
0: The Illuminati. Kind of, well
1: they would deny that obviously they would they would say they're fighting against that, that triangles would be,
0: triangles yeah
1: um but no it's it's a it's a different sort of movement to that Mm -hmm. this is a a more more uh, Mm bible-based interpretation of what the bible says and likening things that are happening now um in fact they they liken trump to cyrus the great who was a uh, a king um back in the the times of the israelites he wasn't an israelite king he was a a pagan king essentially but he supported these flights going back to their Mm. um their people and so on and and there's a whole way of applying these prophecies in the bible to things that are happening now Mm -hmm. so this podcast isn't about that but it did get me thinking about well we've got this kind of movement now it's been around for a few years and it just kind of reminded me of the way that things were the way that that I suppose, thinkers were talking or thinking about it back in the the 19th century. Um, and there was this kind of group of thinkers, religious scholars, for want of a better word, who were interested in things like Bible prophecies and how those Bible prophecies related to today. And in particular, time prophecies. So there was Miller... And then there was the Adventist movement. Uh, Russell, Charles Taze Russell, came from that, that band, if you like. who is? Who is the founder of the Bible Students, which then became renamed as Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. So there was this this movement going on in the 1800s that was interested in looking at the Bible and using the Bible as a way to foretell the future in our modern era and they looked at things that were happening in in the bible and they said well this is a um this is an example of or it's a prophecy that we can take and apply to things that are happening now and are going to happen Um, so this the bible students weren't the only ones that were doing that as i said there was the adventist movement um sometime before the, the millerites as they were called were waiting for the end of the world at various different times Mm. and so there's this this movement this group of of thinkers and from that really splintered out a whole set of religious ideas and groups so today you have seventh day adventists you have jehovah's witnesses you've actually still got a very small group called bible students who who draw their lineage Mm. right from russell Um, And it just got me thinking, you know, I wonder if this is kind of like a cyclic or a cyclic thing, you know, that you have this this pool of ideas. um, They they're using the Bible to try to make sense of what's happening in their own world. um, And then it it spawns these groups um, and it just keeps happening over and over again. Mm. So that was kind of my interest in in it.
0: So... um... A lot of these prophecies often are end-of-the-world prophecies. I don't know why they always go for the big one. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They could just be like, well, you know, it's going to be a hard year and you can apply sort of anything. But the end of the world is quite finite. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, they go with it. They go with the big one. They're like, go big or go home. Um, (laughs) So it's the end of the world. But what do you do when the world doesn't end? Because everybody, Mm -hmm. not everybody, but a lot of people stay. And they're like, well, the world's not over, but I still... Yeah. They're still pretty decent, you know. Like but it's like such a it's such a absolute mm. thing to be wrong. So I just don't understand how you continue to go.
1: Yeah, I'm really fascinated in that question. Um from a number of different angles actually. So um psychologically, you could look at the individual and say how does an individual cope with that promised thing that's going to happen? Um and then the disappointment that comes after that. Yeah. How do they how do they work through that and then stay in? Yeah.
0: And like how many times for you, let's say for instance, mm. did you think that the world was sort of coming to an end, you know, or was it just generally like the world's ending but there wasn't a specific date, or was it like, oh, within the next sort of few years?
1: Yeah, I mean for for me personally, um as a Jehovah's Witness I was around at the time, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the the, the history of this. But when I was around, um, we were in a phase which was not a fixed date. So there wasn't a point in the calendar when we were waiting for it. Yeah, um, having it,
0: like end of the world Eve.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was more uh, within a generation. It was within a period of time. So okay. they interpret to scripture. Uh, where Jesus is talking to his disciples actually about the end of the um, Roman occupation of uh, of Jerusalem. And they say, when will these things happen? And he says, well, he gives a whole group of uh, signs like mm-hmm. earthquakes and food shortages and so on and so on. Um, and then he says that that the end, essentially, the end of this thing that was going to happen... Uh, that people that that generation would by no means pass away until all these things occurred so that was actually a, a prophecy that jesus was giving to his disciples um you know around uh 2000 years ago and uh jehovah's witnesses but lots of other groups as well still today lots of evangelicals and so on take those words and say well that Yes, he meant it about that that was happening then. But
0: it's going to mean it again now. It
1: has a greater fulfilment, and they take it and they mm. impose it upon our um, period, which of course also has food shortages and earthquakes, and because there's always yeah, those it's things. That, I was about to say
0: that's a state of mm. and a sad truth, but a state of yeah, humanity, isn't it? it that's is. constantly happening.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, so for for me, I wasn't um, waiting, you know, for a day. But mm-hmm. as the clock started to tick, you know, as I remember my parents saying to me, oh, you know, the, the generation that saw 1914, because so that's that what was, it was when yeah. they said this had started, that, oh, you know, that, that would, the generation that saw 1914 would by no means pass away. Uh, which means that some of them will still be alive when the end comes.
0: Why did they pick 1914?
1: Right, so that requires me to go into a bit more detail. But before I do yeah. that, I just want to... Because I was I started by saying there's a number of ways of looking at this. Yeah. One is psychologically. So what you're talking about there is, is the individual. how did I individually mm. cope with that? But this paper that I found when I was doing some research for my Masters, um, I found really, really interesting and but that is from a sociological point of view. Mm. So That's I'm, bigger, isn't it? it
0: Psychological is. is individual and yes.
1: sociological is group. It is indeed. And um, so I'd like to talk about the psychology of, about this another time. Okay. Um, and today I'd like to focus more on the sociology of it. In other words, how do groups like Jehovah's Witnesses, mm. but others, how do they cope with failure? Yeah. prophetic failure if you like but still maintain their existence well
0: they don't believe it is a failure do they
1: right well that's part of it mm. so the the reference i want to uh, use today is a, a paper written in 1967 which might sound well it is a long time ago i know exactly how long ago that is because it's, it's the year i was born so it's 53 years ago and i think it's it's quite interesting to see this the way it's written it's called the prophetic failure and chileistic identity yeah. the case of jehovah's witnesses so chileistic
0: that's what i was immediately going to yeah. <laughs> yeah i was leaning round to look mm. at
1: it so that's a word that i'm not going to use much in this because nobody uses that word anymore but basically mm. what it means is there's a group of um beliefs that talk about a thousand year reign of Christ and that that's going to start by a destruction of the the old world mm. and hailing in this thousand year reign of something new. Mm. And so Jehovah's witnesses are a group like that. They are that sort of group that they believe that the end of the world is coming and that will hail in the the beginning of a thousand year reign of Christ where he essentially puts things right and then well, you know there's difference of opinion about what happens afterwards but that's basically what this group is so that's what this word chiliastic means i don't even know yeah. if i'm pronouncing it correctly but that's the way it's spelled okay so that's the paper it was written by uh joseph f sigmund uh university of connecticut and again it's an old paper but i think it's interesting because obviously it's looking at a case study that it chooses and joseph sigmund Um, chooses Jehovah's Witnesses as a case study. So I'm going to talk a lot about that. But don't forget that this is only a case study. So the idea is that you might be able to apply this to other groups.
0: Mm. So I guess that sets the scene for everyone. It does.
1: Right. So you asked a really good question, which um, was...
0: The one about how can an individual cope with the end of the world not coming. It's kind of bizarre because you'd think people would be afraid of the end of the world. But obviously when you've given your life to something... Where that's the end goal, you're looking forward to the end of the world, and then it doesn't come.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so individually, that's an interesting question, but then we're expanding it to a more sociological yeah, question, yeah. which is how how do groups survive? Yeah, essentially, like, how does this group survive that keeps saying the end of the world's coming and it doesn't happen?
0: Yeah. If you think how do um, parents keep telling their children that? How do um, the speakers keep telling their flock all the way up? You know, how do they continue to teach and tell? that because exactly. it's it is difficult isn't it
1: yeah so i think to do to do this justice i'm going to need to have a bit of a long uh explanation okay. so hopefully you'll find it interesting i'm i'm going to take this explanation from the paper uh, i'm not going to read it all though i just want to try and just bring us through these various different prophecies that then failed to materialize and how uh how they kind of made sense of all that so i think i'm going to go back to uh the time when charles taze russell and other adventist preachers so adventism is this idea of of a coming of of jesus so again it's it's very similar really mm-hmm. um and the the millerites around the 1840s so charles taze russell and others were associated with this millerite group who who really banked a lot on these bible time prophecies by looking at The Bible and interpreting certain things with dates on them or numbers on them even, and then using those numbers in a sort of um, almost like a numerology way, sort of, Mm. oh this means um, you know seven thousand years or this means this this prophecy of Daniel uh, if we count it from this time through to that time this means that we reach this date. So they had all these really elaborate. It's a lot, isn't it? time prophecies and we maybe we we'll talk about that another time cause mm. it's fascinating i mean i spent i spent you know many a, a boring hour uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my head around these uh these time prophecies which was were, that that oh, was part
0: of what you it were was, yeah. doing and it was yeah. something that you had to
1: but it started in the 1840s with this millerite movement mm-hmm. and then um and then obviously what what they believed the, the millerites believed that um that 1873 1874 that Christ would return in the flesh mm. um and so they were kind of waiting for him to come i think i think they call it now the big the great disappointment i think that's oh, right. what that is called yeah is um, that
0: known in the group itself the great disappointment or is that well, like an group, outsider's yeah, put in okay
1: there are no millerites anymore there are only the the offshoots like okay. Jehovah's witnesses and seventh adventists um, but, yeah, looking at it now, it's called the Great Disappointment. In fact, I think they did call it that at the time. Yeah. Um, so then, of course, that sort of dies a bit of a death.
0: Um, I suppose because it had a particular time date. maybe Yeah. It, it, you're sitting there waiting. It's
1: like... So so, what do you do if you said Jesus is going to come in 1873-74 and he doesn't? So then... What they what they started to do was to think about well maybe maybe Jesus didn't come in the flesh, right. maybe he came in the spirit. So maybe he didn't actually come as a as a man, but mm-hmm. he he became present, if you like. Right. So in 1876, uh, Russell adopted the belief that the second coming had already occurred. So this is a sleight of hand that you need to get used to. This is a Right, you know, it's going to happen now. We're waiting for something. Oh, that didn't happen now. Maybe it did happen, but we just didn't see it. It happened in another reality or another realm. All right. (laughs) So so that's what they did. So Russell adopted this belief that the second coming had already occurred and that now what was happening, again, based upon the Bible, was that there was going to be a gathering Mm. of a little flock of faithful people. And that's, Mm. again, taking some some parts of the bible that talk about a little flock and this group is the ones now that we need to gather now they thought that from 1876 and um, the end now was going to come in 1878 so they had this very small time to gather this little flock together and and at that point um, what they called the saints so russell and on these people that he'd gathered would be translated into spirit form, so they would right. they would just disappear and go to heaven. Mm. So that's what they're now waiting for. So they were waiting in for eighteen seventy three, seventy four for the physical appearance of Jesus. Then they decide, oh, actually that's already happened. What's left to happen is a disappearing of of us, essentially us faithful little flock, and we're going to be uh, transformed into these spirit creatures. Um, and of course they didn't that doesn't happen no but but what it did do of course during that period of two or three years while they were they were working prepping s- prepping <laughs> <laughs> they were prepping in the true sense of the word mm-hmm. um, but it's quite interesting because what that does is it creates it does something to them as a group which I think is one of the things that keeps coming out in this paper mm-hmm. which is why it's a good case study is it does something to the group right so I'll ask you, what do you think it does to the group? If you think you've only got two or three years left, and you've got this little flock together,
0: you become you become completely reliant on your little flock. Yeah. Because why give anything to anyone that's not in the little flock? Because they will be nothing and no one to you in a couple of years.
1: Absolutely. So it, it, it starts to cement the group, doesn't it? And it also creates, yeah, it creates a sense of urgency. So mm. it, it creates a, a, a dependence on the group and also a sense of urgency in terms of trying to get other people to, to come along.
0: It's all the ingredients for a cult.
1: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah. um, reliant, reliant, reliant. <laughs> so, so that's what they were expecting. So anyway, um, so 1878, uh, guess what?
0: It doesn't happen. It
1: doesn't happen. So they they don't disappear into this uh, spirit realm.
0: I've got to imagine it must be heartbreaking though, as the leaders of it as well, because they must truly believe it themselves. They're not just collecting people no, for the sake of creating a cult, absolutely. as much as i make a no, joke there. No, I don't think that that's what they're up to. I think they truly believe it, and they think we're the ones that have discovered this. We're yeah. the little flock. Like wow, yeah. Absolutely. And then you just just in there, and it doesn't happen. It must be heartbreaking.
1: <laughs> it must be. So what? What the next thing that happens is they turn to the bible again they go right okay we must have made a mistake um and they come up with another date 1881 mm. so this is another three years into the future
0: they love just giving themselves like three years yeah
1: so right it must be 1881 why um, i don't know there's a there's various um references to the magazines at the time the Watchtower in particular um but these go back a long way. So we're talking about Watchtower of February 1881. Mm. Um, now, one thing that the, the Jehovah's Witnesses do do is they make available their literature online to anybody brave to move. read. It is quite a brave move, but it doesn't go back that far. Uh. I think it goes back to 1950s, 60s, right, at, the, at the earliest. So some of this really early stuff, you just can't find it that way. But there are other sites and that, other means yeah. that, that, where you can go and find it. So it'd be interesting to... To, to delve a bit further into that
0: i wonder how many of them know about this now at
1: this point very few um yeah that when i was growing up there was more awareness i think of some of these but of course they were framed in a different way mm. certainly not in the detail that i'm talking about no. here. No, um and actually that's part of how how, how they do exists. it yeah um right so the next thing that didn't happen obviously was 1881 so they didn't um again get dematerialized into the heavenly realm
0: <laughs> having another sad night crack out the chocolate and wine <laughs> yeah get the bible out the next day i presume
1: uh yeah well I, I there was a bit of a period of time when they were obviously trying to work out what happened and, and where they got the chronology wrong
0: because it's always sort of put on themselves isn't it they always go it must be us yes, that's yeah. done it wrong mm. um which is, again, Which I wonder is... what that does to a person, like constantly being like, we, we, we must be wrong, it must be us. It's like, no. Oh.
1: Yeah, so there was a date that became very, very important for Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting now to the, the end of the 19th century mm-hmm. and we are looking at a series of calculations that lead us to 1914. Uh, 1914 was already a time that they'd marked but they'd marked it as the end of the time of trouble. So they thought... That's not right. <laughs> no. So they thought that they were going to get um, get taken up to heaven mm. and there would still be problems on the earth and that would end in 1914, which okay. essentially would be when this, um, as far as I understand it, when the millennial rule would, rule would begin. So this right. essentially was when Jesus would say, right, I'm now going to be in charge. And you know, this is I mean, everything's going to get better from now. It
0: would be great if it were true, because we would have bypassed a couple of wars. But you know, well,
1: maybe, maybe, um, or or it just or he just would wipes be everyone world out. Yeah. Much worse than the two. Yeah, wars.
0: true. Yeah, we forget that it's actually quite brutal. It's like we'll bring everyone back and then destroy them. We're talking
1: genocide. Anyway, yeah. um, so we're we're now they're now waiting for 1914, but yeah. they they still don't think. That they're going to be around. They think they're going to be taken to heaven. But obviously, these these things keep these dates keep coming and going. And mm-hmm. um, so they now decide that the harvest of the little flock would be extended to 1914. So they've changed now to thinking that they're not going to all disappear and go up to heaven in 1881 or 1887 or whatever. It's now going to be 1914. Um, so if you think about they originally defined the end as, as ending in 1881 um, this is the time when they'd have to work towards they now think that the time they've got to work towards is 1914 now that to us back you know in the 20, 2020 seems like well there's not a lot of difference between 1881 and 1914 mm-hmm. but there is really so mm-hmm. as this article makes out as this um, paper rather makes out That's a kind of, that's quite considerably longer in the future than they they'd gone for in the past. So they they've gone by three year increments essentially. They're like
0: just another three. Just another
1: three years. Well, now they're saying it's more like thirty years in the future. Yeah. So I guess
0: they're just like I can't take another three year disappointment. (laughs) We'll just add a zero. And some of
1: them, and they're like, we might be dead by then, and then it makes sense. Yeah." Yeah. So lots of them, it would have been into the future so far that they could anticipate. They, they would actually uh, be around. No, so, like
0: We won't dematerialise, we'll just die, but our yeah. spirit, like our cells will go to heaven.
1: Exactly. So it's an interesting uh, quote I'm going to give you from the paper. It says, although the sex still conceived of itself as a temporary enterprise, its terminus was now 30 years away, yeah. beyond the lifespan of many members.
0: Yeah, it's quite strange now thinking about you know, this origin is a temporary mm. enterprise. I didn't even realise it was ever meant to be a temporary enterprise because I guess I've become accustomed, like the people that are in it are accustomed that it just carries on.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it was, I mean, it was always a temporary enterprise, but it's, it's degrees, isn't it? So when mm. I was growing up, it was still, you know, the end was very near, so you, you still had this belief that that it was all going to stop mm. very soon. But But there is a... there is a a psychological difference between 3 years and 30 years and it makes the point here that um, during the next 3 decades the movement underwent its first major cycle of institutionalisation and I think that's really significant because it it might be that this gives us a clue to which groups survive and which groups don't. Mm. So how how do you survive as a group that keeps making prophecies and they don't come to fruition well one of them might be you have periods of it's coming tomorrow and then you have other periods of of um stabilization where you you get yeah you get your organization into gear and there was a lot of work done around they created obviously congregations and, and groups and they call them different things when i was around it, it was circuits and districts and zones and so on um, very
0: businessy,
1: they, isn't it? it? very, very bureaucratic, very centralised structure. So they had all these systems mm-hmm. that they started to develop, um, and maybe that's a necessary condition for an organisation to continue. Even if they are a group that mm. is um, is constantly talking about the end, there has to be some breathing space for these things to to be established. So yeah. I think that's quite an interesting in, insight. <laughs>
0: just interrupting the middle of the podcast here because I want you to remember that you need to tell a friend about (laughs) this podcast so that we can keep making cool stuff and you can talk about it with your friends because it's more fun if we're all getting involved. So tell a friend, share it, text them about it, get involved. Back to the podcast then.
1: Okay, so we're up to 1914 now. 1914 comes and goes.
0: People continue to either (laughs) die with natural causes or carry on for a bit
1: yeah so again the 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 people didn't uh, disappear and uh, and it, it the world carried on although mm-hmm. obviously there were some political and um social upheavals during that time mm-hmm. um but i think this is something that jehovah's witnesses and others who use these sorts of techniques um so actually, it shouldn't be underestimated that 1914 was a massive failure of prophecy. Yeah. So when I was growing up, yeah, it's I was 30 told. Thirty years. Yes, of but when I was up. when I was growing up, I was told that Jehovah's Witnesses had foretold that 1914 was going to be a marked year. Mm. And guess what? 1914 was a marked year yeah. because we had the First World War. Yeah. So the way it was framed was: look, this is a prophecy that came true. But no, mm. the prophecy about 1914 was completely different. Mm. They prophesied something completely different. They didn't
0: just say big things are happening no, coming soon didn't. in 20 uh, in 1914.
1: <laughs> We're not going to tell you what those are. Um,
0: that's like saying like 2020 is going to be an interesting year, yeah, and it's like exactly. um cool. You know, it's it's
1: yeah. Well, it would for for lots of reasons. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's
0: the hilarious thing about that is it's mm-hmm. not even they. That's a reframe anyway. So like yeah. you just said
1: so so how how did they they then cope with that so um according to this paper it it then went back to its short term um you know doomsday kind of approach go 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 yeah and they revised in the september the 1st 1916 watchtower they revised the uh prophetic end time as being focused on 1918 right so 1914 doesn't come they have a couple of years where they're trying to work things out there's a watchtower in mm-hmm. 1916 that points to 1918 so that's less than two years away
0: they mix it up of going for a four year though this time not three years <laughs> we're going for, for the 18
1: <laughs> well no it's, by the time they're written the time, it, yeah. it's two years they're but, keeping yeah. it fresh <laughs> So of course that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So that now it's the, this describes it this paper describes it as the fourth failure around mm. the prophetic revision. I um, can
0: imagine that they frame it though as being like well we got something right because it's the end of the war.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously there's there's things they could point to to say well you know this was this was a major event. Mm. Um 1925 now becomes the next date. Okay. So 1925 is now the date to look for. Mm. Of course, that doesn't happen either. Um, And at that point, they start to again go back to this longer sort of period. And in fact, they don't have a specific point in time from that moment on. Mm -hmm. Now, what is interesting in this article is, as I said, it was written in 1967. Um, It does reference 1975. So this is quite a quite a contentious date in Jehovah's Witness um, history, because it's a, it's a date that has been talked about by Jehovah's Witnesses for quite a long time, and he's still talked about today. Okay. Um, so again, thinking about those Bible time prophecies and the way of using the Bible as a way to kind of understand history,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: there was a there was there were calculations done that that seems to suggest that the i'm gonna probably get this wrong six thousand years of human history ended in 1975 based upon beliefs of when um adam and eve were created or adam was created Mm -hmm. um and so they calculated through because in the bible i don't know if you've read the bible but in genesis there's lots of family trees discuss you know such and such begets such and such such and such begets such and such really long really interesting difficult to read because it's literally (laughs) just this person had this child this child grew up and had this child and and it's it's, like
0: in game of thrones when we're working out who joffrey's (laughs) dad is (laughs)
1: Exactly like that. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's really... But on the basis of that, there are claims that, all right, we can now work out, you know, human history. And it turns out that it's 6,000 years long and it ends in 1975.
0: Oh, so no one needs to do ancestry. They <laughs> <laughs> just need to go to Genesis or Numbers. Yeah, it's all you know. Yeah, okay, great.
1: Um, so so we get to so 1975 is a date that is is talked about quite a lot and okay. there seems to be there's there's differences of opinion among of uh, various people about how much they pointed to that it wasn't quite as explicit as the early days when they said they've learned it's a little bit yeah, yeah they've learned a little bit and in fact um the writer makes that point and it's it's framed in a much less kind of uh, black and white women. Yeah, like so, pack your suitcases. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're um, going ethereal, boys. <laughs> but but it was talked about enough for many witnesses yeah. to believe that the end was coming in 1975.
0: What about yourself? Did you yeah. think that? Because you, you were at a point where you actually
1: existed as a person. I do remember that time, actually. Yeah. And it just happens that my parents were in the camp that didn't believe that. It wasn't, as I said, it wasn't as as explicitly... explicitly. Um, it wasn't part of the sort of doctrine, official doctrine, um, but there they were quite by the book people. There I were suppose. a couple yeah. of references in in Watchtowers, and there was a um, thing on the assembly, mm-hmm. and in in fact, um, I do remember it being talked about in okay. a way of you know, some people went went too far, and so on, and, so on. Mm-hmm. and, and in fact, the society, the the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses, kind of of indulge in a bit of blaming of the witnesses at the time right. for going, getting too excited, you know, getting too excited. Yeah. but you can't write something in a watchtower that points to a date and say oh this is very interesting and it's kind of that's the way they did it Isn't wouldn't this... it be interesting if you know it would what be very if... appropriate if
0: is it possible
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is it, it, it possible it is? Yeah, it is this new... date yeah
0: and then it doesn't happen I'm like well you shouldn't have got overexcited, should you <laughs>
1: right so after 1975 when it was obviously that nothing happened in 1975 um that that was it there were no more there was no more talk obviously that's after this paper was written now so we're we're now into territory that only you know we can talk about um but um when i was growing up it was very much about this generation that saw Mm. 1914 would by no means pass away so what that does it creates a more elastic um time frame but still with some end dates if you like Mm. although not a specific end date Um, now what they did they played with that as well so initially it was well somebody would have to have been of an age that they could understand what was happening in 1914 Mm. for that to be that generation so somebody would have to be perhaps you know a teenager at very least when 1914 happened so that brings your actual birth date you know to more like 1900 Mm. so people who were were born in 1900 obviously started to die off quite rapidly around 1970 80 90 um so now (laughs) now we're getting to the point where it's starting to look less likely so what happens next is well you know it doesn't have to be people who were aware of things at that time just anybody that was born in it's 1914 fine. so that that gives you a bit more time and there was a lot of this going on for quite some time this was one of the reasons why i left because it started to become ridiculous people like
0: desperately mind. hoping because yeah. also like, it kind of comes off as a bit desperate I doesn't it say, yeah. Blessing, <laughs> really wanting it so desperate like like it to me it comes off as like a belief that Okay, maybe we don't have the right facts and figures, but it is going to happen. Like, there's still a belief it is true. Yeah. We're just, you know, we just don't know exactly. So if we just push it enough, but it's
1: it's like, well, why why have that in, you know, why have that thing at all? And yeah. you have to run away Sorry, you have to conclude that it's fulfilling a function, mm. and that function is the urgency and the. Like you said, that the feeling of coming together. So it's fulfilling a sociological function mm-hmm. for the group. Mm-hmm. The idea that this end is coming shortly. It creates a sense of urgency. It makes people want to yeah. to stick together. And, and it's to not listen. an easy
0: path, is it, no. being a witness. So no. you've got to have like you know, it's like they always say when you're doing something difficult you need to have a light at the end of the tunnel mm, don't you yeah so it's kind of this like light at the end of the tunnel yeah. except it's a bit miserable because they keep extending it like the carrot on the end <laughs> of the stick they just keep like like extending it out you know like pulling yeah. it out a bit more than like just keep going yeah Oh. yeah longer, just get, go on go on yeah. go on, you know and it's like oh when will anyone get the carrot never is the spoiler
1: and <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah i thought that was quite interesting now this paper to come back to the paper i think it's it's quite useful because it and there's a subheading here about responses to prophetic failure yeah. so the question is you know how do we've touched on it a bit yeah. already but how do organizations like this and yeah. again it's not just jehovah's Witnesses. no opposite.
0: just just end of the world end of things. the world
1: groups um, it, of which yeah. there are an increasing number because um. there's a new generation of of um kind of a, a, Apocalypt- apocalyptic yeah i know i know what the word is i can't say it. you
0: know it's funny in rupaul <laughs> one of the characters can't say it because there was a challenge where it was called like a ap- apocalyptic chic and you can say it she's just like a couple it's just like
1: <laughs> apocalyptic yeah, yeah there are a lot of these groups um these apocalyptic groups Uh, often spawned through the internet and groups that are talking about this stuff again. So this is almost like it's another bubbling pot of these kind of groups, some of which may be around another hundred years.
0: I suppose they get excited, don't they? At the beginning, it must be exciting. Yeah. It's when it starts going wrong that it gets demoralised.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, like you said, so this idea of how do you cope? So, you know, I said with the carrot Mm. thing, like, you know, how do you get people to keep going on the treadmill when they never get the treat? You know, um is there a treat in some of a regard? I don't know what does yeah so there's what do a, you think what does the paper say yeah,
1: so there's an initial disappointment, and then there's some adjustment after that, um and sometimes that's around perhaps uh, another sort of short extension to what what they believed um maybe there's a there's more work to be done if you like um but then there's a there's a whole bunch of things that. That the group are likely to do and, and I, I would call these tricks not in not in the sense that they're
0: not malicious but no but they're mm-hmm. kind of
1: almost mental tricks that they're playing on themselves maybe or, or they could be Dis- doing it on others but
0: we've mentioned it before and many a thing cognitive dissonance it, I
1: think it is a way to you well, need
0: to perform as you called it some tricks to get there
1: yeah so the dissonance is this this feeling that you're holding two opposing views yeah. and then what you try to do is you try to reconcile yeah. and and reduce that feeling of dissonance so mm-hmm. that it it kind of makes sense. It
0: must be what's happening is uh, if that's you've right. believed for a long time that the end's coming then it doesn't but you need to stay on the path of this religion yeah. you must then have to go for a process of disson like well, dealing with your dissonance in order to carry on.
1: Yeah so it talks uh, the paper talks about symbolic strategies and I think that's really interesting so um Uh, The way that it works, uh, according to Zygmunt, is that the group first asserts that the claim that it previously advanced had in fact been partially fulfilled or that some event of the prophetic significance had actually transpired on the dating question. So this is the bit that I was saying about, you know, we're waiting for this, for Jesus to come back in the flesh. Oh, he hasn't come back in the flesh. Maybe he came back in the spirit. So, mm. if you say that, then essentially you can say, well, actually, we did get the prophecy right.
0: We just didn't know all the specifics. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, we thought he was going to come in the flesh, but he came in the spirit. So, okay, you know, 50% is not bad. <laughs> um, and that's kind of kind of how it goes. So, that's one of the tricks, if you like. It's one of the sleight of hand that, that I think people are doing with themselves, really, to say, well, actually, it did happen, or at least it happened perhaps not in the way we expected, yeah. But it did it did happen. It's God's plan. It's not our plan. And we're just trying to interpret that. So, you know, that's fine. That all mm-hmm. happened.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can understand them doing that because we do that all the time. We, like, think something and then Absolutely. we go, Oh, well, how do I put this into a way that I can reconcile it and yes. understand it and be all right with it? Because yeah. <laughs> no one likes to feel no one likes to sit in that and wallow in the in the sads you've got to find a way of getting out so that makes a lot of sense
1: well we're, we're very keen to um understand to frame it in a way mm. that can fit into our into our current way of understanding the world in our pre-talk we talked about symbolic interactionism Mm. and symbolic interactionism is the way that we essentially construct our world through talking to each other Mm -hmm. and we start to interpret the world in a way that makes sense to us and then when something else happens we see that as being an example of this framing that we've all fitting into this frame that we've already discussed so it yeah, it's it's something we do. It's, we're, we're geared up to do it. And this is just another expression of that, I suppose. Mm. Um, again, an interesting sentence here. The events selected to give substance to this claim were supernatural and hence not open to disconfirmation. So when you're saying, oh, actually, Christ did come, but he came as a spirit in heavenly form, then that's not open to disconfirmation, which makes it anti-science. Right. Okay. So, in other words, it's a it's a claim that cannot be proven, proven or disproven. Or disproven, right. Exactly. So, you
0: yeah, he can't prove that he came in the spirit. Exactly. You because you can't
1: prove that he didn't. You know, it's just no. It, it's just completely outside of the it's scope. It's just belief. Of you either yeah.
0: believe that or you don't. Absolutely. And if you're desperate to believe, then that'll yeah. work for you.
1: So again, it's about retrospectively framing what happened as a as a, at least a partial success um and and then you can move on and mm-hmm. start to think about the next thing that you're going to yeah. look at um and so that's that's one of the 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 major tactics if you like i think you can't
0: move on without doing that can no, you no that, that is a required process so obviously we've talked about i would call it maybe the first process the sort of immediate reaction after Disappointment. There's a reframing,
1: yeah.
0: a dealing with the dissonance and coming out the other side. Is there something else that's sort of required or common to do in order for these organisations to continue?
1: Yeah, so I think this, this perhaps relates to the thing we talked about a bit earlier, which was that if an organisation then can perhaps take the pressure off themselves a little bit for a while mm. by saying, well, actually, the end time is now not for another 30 years, or it's now a dateless generation, but still within a close period of time, that seems to allow the organization to organise itself properly mm. um into some structures and perhaps concentrate on the more social elements of it, you know. And um, when I was growing up there was quite a lot of stuff around um things like not smoking, for instance. This was a uh, when I was growing up, I remember a time when the society, as we used to call it, Jehovah's Witnesses, um would say you know smoking is an unclean habit but you know that's obviously up to you but then they went from that to say um really smoking no. is is, is mm. something jehovah's witnesses cannot do and if you carry on smoking you're going to be disfellowshipped mm. and that even to this day now if if a jehovah's witness smokes um then that is a a disfellowshipping matter unless mm. they're repentant and they stop doing it so jehovah's witnesses are not allowed to smoke and there were a series of tightening up I suppose some of the rules and regulations, the, um, the processes around how congregations were run, the legal entities, how they structured all of that. That's all happened a lot since that time and that's perhaps something that has to happen. But what seems to be the case is that that certainly in the early days of, of the bible students jehovah's witnesses there were periods when there was it was very you know it's happening in three years time and now oh, it's happening in 30 years time or and now it's happening in three years time or and now it's happening within a generation mm. so i suppose the question is what's next for jehovah's witnesses mm. are they about to go into another period that... of it's happening now Or are they...
0: Because they must be coming to the end of one of their sort of prophecies. I know they don't put as much emphasis, but there's like the whole generation and then...
1: So the way that they've now reconciled the generation thing is they've said that a generation now, um, the way we understand a generation is that a generation is anybody that was alive at the same time as somebody who was alive at the time of the thing that happened. Okay. Does that make sense to you?
0: It does, but what age would that make them then now? So,
1: um, so depend, again, it depends whether you say had to be aware. Let's say a 10-year-old um, in mm. in 1914, mm. um, then if, if they were alive now, or let's say they were just born in 1914, yeah. Yeah. if they were alive now, then obviously they'd be 106. Mm. 106. So... I suppose there are one or two people around, 106. But what Jehovah's Witnesses say now is that anybody... In fact... So
0: anybody we would that, count yeah, because we we're alive count. and they're alive. That's right, right yeah. I see.
1: So we, by the time we that's die... That's
0: infinitum, isn't it? Well, you because, can just keep doing that. Yeah, because then you? you'd say they die, but then it, it's us. But then it, you could be like anyone that's been yeah. around, that's been alive when we've been alive. So that could just go on forever. So I guess it's, yeah, that's the clever move.
1: Well, maybe it is. I mean, maybe that, though, would start to become, again
0: bit much a bit
1: too problematic um there is a there is another tactic that could be used which would be to say again going back to the tactics that they've used in the past which would be to say well actually um it's already happened yeah we just didn't notice it Mm. so um but
0: the end is is quite how would they the end of the world
1: that's that's quite difficult to miss
0: (laughs) he slept in (laughs)
1: But they could say that it began. So they could say that it's the end beginning. of the world yeah. Armageddon is not necessarily a, a kind of one happening a smite and a, fire you know, yeah. it, It's actually Armageddon started twenty years ago.
0: No, it's coronavirus.
1: <laughs> you know. So this is the <laughs> yeah. way that you know they could they could start to uh-huh. go back into this spiritual realm mm-hmm. and say, oh, a lot of this stuff already has already happened um and the evidence of that is you know yeah we had coronavirus Improved, we had yeah. wars and we oh. had sort of so yeah it is it is possible okay. um i suppose the final thing that i wanted to talk about briefly was the identity changes around the organization or around the religion again whichever it is mm-hmm. that happens as a result of these different um prophetic stances and This is perhaps one of the weaker areas of the paper, but I think it's very interesting to consider um, because he makes the point that there are consequences to having short term um, apocalyptic stances compared to longer term ones. And we've already talked about some of those around organisational structures but there's also some identity changes in terms of you know who they are and what they're doing so um he talks quite a lot about the different approaches to the world that Jehovah's witnesses have had over the years so in the early days when russell was doing his stuff um they were gathering what they called this little flock to mm-hmm. go up to heaven and they were actually targeting not not the sinners not the not the bad people but they were targeting people who were already believers, mostly Protestants, yeah, and they were appealing to them saying, you know, come and join us because we need you because you're already righteous. And, and actually, so it's a bit different to the way it's done now. It's it saving
0: the unrighteous.
1: <laughs> exactly, it was saying that we need you righteous people because you're going There's to be part so of this There's only so long and you've not
0: got time to turn... No, no, Rogers, we're not interested yeah.
1: in them a lot. It's because that that's something else that's gonna happen afterwards. But for now we're interested in this The deserving this, yeah, flock. the deserving, exactly. Mm. So that's how it started. And then um during the the periods when, you know, the, the end didn't come and then it was it was mm. right, onto the next one which is gonna happen in another three years and so on, it seems that they started to become much more anti worldly, if you like. Mm. So it was much more hard-hitting, and they were pretty scathing in their denunciation of of the world um, as being a wicked place. Um, you know, Satan is controlling the world, um, and and actually, he describes it as a doctrine of satanic conspiracy, which I think is really interesting because I, I absolutely agree that this idea of, of Satan ruling the world is kind of like the original conspiracy theory
0: yeah it's been going for a while it's not just witnesses that's just absolutely. christianity as a whole absolutely
1: um yeah so it, it's kind of had that effect on them and and as the writing of this uh, paper um that the point that they were making was they've become perhaps less anti-worldly so more a little bit more secular although they've still managed to maintain quite an anti-secular stance and, mm. and the question was you know is that is that how it's going to stay um, there has been quite a lot of talk recently um, about there's a there's a doctrine in the Bible that talks about the end of the uh, the gathering of of the righteous or the people that that are going to be saved and the beginning of a denunciation message and mm. that so that's something that Witnesses have been talking about for some time so that might be another uh, phase that they go through where they say right that's it now you know there's enough God's essentially chosen the people that he wants to save. Doors now, are from now on, it's just a, a message said of they denunciation. Would, yeah, they said
0: that that would start. Ha- Isn't that a discussion mm. that stopped happening? Mm. In fact at some point i mean who wants to knock on the, do they knock on the doors and say too late <laughs> well that
1: that was the that was the understanding when i was uh part of it that's really Couldn't awful imagine could, could you that?
0: just like it was awful when you had to go and be yeah. like do you want to join the club and now it's like too late yeah club's shut ha 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 good
1: morning which i wanted to let you know that you can no longer join
0: <laughs> yeah just wanted to let you know that the end's coming and you're going to burn alive ha
1: ha ha yeah. <laughs> as they shut the door on <laughs> you bye
0: See ya. Yeah. And You'll go skipping off like <laughs> linking arms up the hill, like
1: yeah. Oh, so dear. yeah, I don't know whether they're going to do that or not. It seems like a little bit of a. Uh, I don't know if they've got a the last goals. ditch. Um, yeah, I, I, my, my gut feeling is that it's going to very, very slowly become more institutionalised mm. and probably more secularised. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. It could go in lots of different ways, I'd say. But yeah, so there's lots to think about there. I just found that really interesting. And for me, there's like almost like a little model there of of Mm. how organisations, when they they are that sort of doomsday Mm -hmm. cult, if you like, or that apocalyptic doomsday religion, how do they cope with these periodic elements of, of prophetic failure, and then manage to 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 maintain I would say that it's almost it's almost like an evolutionary selective process here that lots of them will fall um, and there'll be some that have the the conditions that allow them to to maintain and to stay alive and it's only those that you then see because I'm guessing that at the time of the you know late 1800s early 1900s there were lots of them that Mm. came and went and you don't even know what they were you're left with a few that had the that's uh, what you know by local by yeah. whatever yeah the required way of of coping with those changes. Mm. Now they're an organisation that's around eight million. It's interesting in this paper, nineteen sixty seven. Um, I think the numbers were something like a million and a half. So they have grown they considerably, have grown. Um, but over the last twenty years, that growth has has massively slowed. In fact, but that's it's stopped. Um, yeah, no, really.
0: and that's representative of religion. Yeah. Sort of groups as a whole, isn't it? Much more people are atheist slash agnostic now. Yeah, Um, I think so. In terms of a growth period, you're kind of looking at... uh, You're not looking at a a great growth period for you, if you think of it as an organisation, as a business. you're
1: not for those, but for these Groups like I mentioned before, the some online, of these online stuff yeah. and, and the Dominion theology stuff that's that's had a real mm-hmm. um, resurgence yeah. or resurgence. Um, so I'm not sure whether this if, is a cyclical thing or whether it's.
0: I, I suppose it depends on you know a lot of business. If you can go digital, you can save yourself. Maybe it's <laughs> yes. if the witnesses can go digital. Yeah. Have little people creeping in the forums, you know. Maybe. Have you read this? I see that you like Bible codes. <laughs> I've got a good one for you. <laughs> you know
1: yeah I don't know we've well, got an app <laughs> yeah well they've got all that stuff that's what so I mean they've got it a lot they, just the little, they just need the little they just need to
0: sneak into the forums um aka okay, uh you know just be the little like
1: little gremlins
0: in reddit
1: well maybe they'll be creating bots maybe mm.
0: this isn't a, a help guide I don't want them to do this <laughs> just to throw that out there I'm not like <laughs> here's how to improve your business step one yeah
1: <laughs> um well yeah so um anyway I thought that was interesting yeah um And uh, yeah, well, there's still loads more to talk about in this area. But Um, we'll
0: break it up into bits because you could get quite overwhelmed. Yes. As they would say in uh, what is it that we watch?
1: Oh, Krums.
0: Alienists, yeah. They love a good. WH.
1: Yeah,
0: don't get overwhelmed. Where
1: where should I go? What should I think? Indeed. (laughs) Um, so, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you time. Found it interesting.
0: Um, remember, it's happening again. Um, tell a friend. Yeah. Tell them about it. Text them to it. Tweet them it. Just, just get it to them. Take it to their house. Sit down and listen together. I don't, don't do that. It's, not, it's illegal at the no, moment. No, corona. Um, 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 but if you listen to this in the future, do. Bye. Bye. Bye.